Hi, I'm Alex, and I'm super. She is super, and I am natural today. And oh. I will be the Dr. Junkie. You are definitely well, you're, a junkie. You're going to have to be a junkie ninja. Junkie ninja. Dr. Junkie ninja. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And we are the Supernatural, supernatural junkies. junkies. Coming at you. Father, we thank you this morning for your grace and your mercy and your goodness and kindness. We thank you for gracing us to be on the air yet again uh, to share with your people. And we pray, Lord, that on this day that you would lead, guide, and direct us uh, to speak with wisdom, clarity, and knowledge. I pray for those who are listening in today that they will be edified and you in turn glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, Dr. Dennis, got a little verse in here for us today. Yeah, here to it kind of goes along with he, some of that deception perception. He, he's ready stuff. to stir the pot here, guys. Yeah, yeah. He's mm-hmm. a pot stirrer. I always do that. You know that. <laughs> All right, this is from the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verses 18 and onward. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things, says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass I know your works love service faith and your patience and as for your works the last are more than the first nevertheless I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexually and immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols and I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. Well, here we have that word repentance, and folks, the reason we're talking about repentance and, of course, deception and perception today is because this is what we see. Probably the biggest reason we started this show is because we believe the church is not talking about some of the topics that should be making in into our pulpits not necessarily every sunday morning but we can see that we're in a situation where truth and uh, what is being perceived by most people can be there, there can be a pretty big distance and more importantly it's to the point where a lot of this stuff is prophetic and even if you don't believe it's prophetic of the end times you still have to believe that this is dangerous because if we look at sexual immorality, mm-hmm. like this verse is addressing here, you know, and then again at that time it was taking things into their body that were unholy, right? They were sacrificed to idol. They were intended and purposed to be, you know, done as a as some kind of worship to a false god. Mm-hmm. And you can see today we're we're putting things in our bodies 
that in, were intended or purposed. You know, you talk about the fetal tissue part of the, the vaccines, for example, right? Mm. We're putting that in our body. Is that some kind of unholy communion? So you can see we're looking at this, this attack on our faith, and especially we've seen some of the collapsing of, of the church today. We can see that the church is also... Um, we knew there was going to be an apostate church. And so the real reality is we are all being challenged. I know everybody on this show, um, we all have our doubts. We all have our times where we think, I don't even know what the truth of this particular situation is. You look at what's happening in the world today. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that, that it's hard to even figure out the research to give you the right answer. You know, Alex is, we're going to be doing a few podcasts on... Um, uh, sex trafficking and it's really hard to get a lot of good facts on this so you, it, it, no matter what you see going on in the world and that's why we like to bring them to you today but Dr. Dozier wants to ease in and talk about how can we you know realize there's a difference between our perception and reality mm -hmm. and then understand how how and why and what are the motives that are coming in behind this deception we're all starting to see kind of how the deception is happening but what are these motives that, that he's going to uncover here so doctor i want to go ahead and just see what you want to say about that okay i want to begin by just giving you a couple of definitions uh, uh the definition of perception and then the definition of deception and, and this is not to insult your intelligence uh, perception from the verb from the uh, verb perceive this is when we have an awareness or an understanding of a particular thing on the other hand when we look at uh, deception we look at deception we're looking at uh, believing something to be true or valid when in all actuality it is a falsehood if I were to look at it, give you a biblical example of how such things would come into being, we can think about what Paul wrote to uh, Timothy in one of the pastoral epistles where he wrote in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse or they will increase and so he's saying that uh, people who are imposters people who are deceivers uh, they're going to increase and as they increase in other words there'll be many of them their deception will be come worse and worse spirals uh, out of control right spirals out of control they're causing people to wander uh, but they themselves have wandered. They themselves have been deceived into uh, believing what they believe and saying what they say. They themselves have been deceived. So, and this is not necessarily saying that uh, uh, they're not aware of what they're saying, but this is saying that uh, when you look at these people, because they're evil, so their intentions can be that, but they don't realize that there is a force behind them that is greater than themselves. Mm -hmm. And that force behind them is deceiving them into thinking that their deception uh, 
will prosper them or they will succeed in this deception, but they're only going to go so far. Well, it makes me think of that passage, you know, and you probably remember the one, but um, I think it was when uh, one of the kings, they were thinking about going to battle when the uh, Israelite kings and, 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 and God was kind of talking there and, and one of the suggestions for what to do was to put a lying spirit in the mouth of this prophet, mm-hmm. you know, to give him basically, you know, so you start to see that we are fighting powers and principalities. And, uh, and so when you think about this lying spirit that has really come over, you know, multiple cultures, we're not, we're not the first one, but you can see where the deception comes in. Oh, yeah. It's, it's there. There's no doubt. I mean, it's unfortunately, it's, it's creeping into the church. The church is, you know, the only way we can understand it to, or not be deceived is that we are to be in the Word daily and study and pray. Because the Word is like a mirror, right? Isn't that what James says? We look in the mirror. Um, we're able to um, get a picture of ourselves. And then maybe that also gives us some knowledge of of uh, how we can be deceived so easily. Well, in that passage is Second Chronicles eighteen twenty one, and it just put out, "I will go out and be a lying spirit." And so you sometimes you can realize that there's a reason why Satan is the father of lies. That's how he fathered an entire generation because he fathered the lie. And what did the lie do? It it attacked what God. Mm-hmm. You see, and that's what you have to understand that we were born into a war. And once you understand that in America, you know, it's the Judeo-Christian ethic that has caused us to live in this incredible abundance, you know. And so we have a generation, I was talking to some people on the on this last trip, and, you know, I had some grandparents that that were raising their their grandchildren. And they said, you know, when you don't raise your children okay you end up raising your grandchildren (laughs) you know and you start to realize that we have a a generation that has that's what parents are supposed to do right and you can see how the destruction of the family is really playing into you know the overall deception that's happening here and and people's you know, and so that's how these lion spirits, you know, are, have come in because we, we don't depend on the Bible. Mm-hmm. We, we, we have destroyed the family, the, that patriarchal, matriarchal societies where we have wisdom that would say, I just watched this show on television and I'm sorry, but everything <laughs> it was wrong. And the whole thing was a lie. And, and that's the kind of situation we're dealing with here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The fact that we're even asking ourselves the question, is there such a thing as a man or a woman? No society has ever ever done that before. Right. You know, and you start to think, how could we be debating this? How could this be up for question? Well, um, we were also we covered that in, in previous podcasts, and we were talking about how that um, is a form of God's judgment on our country too. It is. You it know, is. I mean, in the fact that they're they've turned their backs on the Creator mm-hmm. and they're worshiping the creation. Exactly, and um, there comes a point, people, when you when you turn your back on God, He will let you do it. Yep, and He'll give you over to your own depraved mind, which is depraved. People are not basically good; you're basically evil, and you are the bent for evil. We are sinners, each and every one of us. Yep, and that's why we need a savior. That's right. 
and that's why we need <laughs> help with some deceptions and perceptions. That's right. Let's just take a look at this a little further. This is good. This is great. And I, I like what Dr. Dennis said. Dr. Dennis, he's going to bring it down. Uh, and we have to we have to recognize who we are. I was at a conference, uh, a counseling uh, convention once, uh, and uh, Dr. June Hunt, you may not know who she is, but you can look her up. Dr. June Hunt made a statement. I, I wrote this down. I've had it for couple decades he was there dr archibald hart yeah i'm name throwing right now but she made a statement she said the problem with people and this is speaking of christians is not forgetting the problem is not forgetting that they're holy i'm going to say not forgetting that you're christian because you, you need to be holy if you're a christian not forgetting that they're holy but they forget that they're people and many times when we hear that, people say, yeah, well, you have to remember, we're just human, so we do this. But when you think about that, think about what Dr. Dennis just said. There's no good thing in man. That's right. And when you forget that you are human, you yep. are liable to do anything. Mm -hmm. So when I look at this with uh, perception and deception, I want to stay in that same vein of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul wrote to Timothy that, from a child, he knew the Holy Scriptures. Now, you have to think about when this was written. So, when Paul says, you knew the Holy Scriptures, what was he referring to? He was referring to the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. The church has a problem. And that is, they think that the Old Testament is irrelevant to them today. It's true. But I would challenge anyone to read 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 11, uh, verses 8 through 11. Okay, and Dr. Dennis, you can look that up while I'm talking. But in this year, Paul, he says, uh, you knew these which were able to make thee wise unto salvation on, uh, through faith. And faith itself speaks of trust and relying upon God, giving credence to the truth of his word. Now, where am I going with this? If I want to avoid being deceived, my perception of God's word has to be that his word is true. It cannot be altered that there is no error in it mm -hmm. and that God is absolute about what he says and what he means. When I allow something else to take the place of what God has laid out in his word, mm -hmm. then I have opened myself, not potentially, but I have opened myself up for deception. Mm -hmm. And that takes me over to second Peter. How is it done? Because many times I see people pointing to the congregation in the churches. But I believe it starts with the leadership. And I am a church leader, so I, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm uh, casting stones at anyone. I'm, no. just speaking, I'm just speaking fact. I'm speaking Absolutely. fact. Absolutely. Okay? So now over in Second Peter, Peter writes, uh, just as there, and what he's saying is, just as there were false prophets among the people of the old, so shall there be false teachers uh, mm. amongst the church today and he brings out uh, what these false teachers do there shall be false teachers among you who shall privily bring in damnable heresies mm -hmm. they bring in teachings and opinions that are destructive and they deny the Lord that brought bought them and bring upon themselves with destruction and many shall follow 
Many mm. shall follow mm. their pernicious or their destructive ways. Many mm. are going to imitate them. Many are going to yield to them. Uh, and, and, and thus, this will bring destruction to them. Mm. And it tells us this in his word. In the next verse, and through covetousness shall they with feign words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. When the church leaders decide to line up with the direction of the world, uh, their congregation most likely is going to follow. And, and I have a saying that Closing I- Closing for COVID. Mm -hmm, I, have a, <laughs> I have a saying that I say, uh, and I would like to say this over, over the air. I uh, I like to say, run to the water. If you're in a dry place, run to the water. Mm -hmm. I, I heard a person say, I think it was yesterday, and I and it was beautiful. It said that people today they'll say, well, I'm I'm, I'm looking for a place where it's it's clo it's closer. It's 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 closer. This place is closer to where I live. Mm -hmm. And 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 the man said, don't look for a place that's closer to where you live. Look for a place that's closer to the word of God. Amen. And that's Amen. the key. We have to be in places that are close, that are lining up with the word of God so that we can get truth. Our very lives, our eternal life depends upon it. Yep, so that, that verse you were talking about, I, I did look it up and it's great. First uh, Timothy uh, chapter one, verse eight through 11, it says, but we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully knowing this that the law is not made for a righteous person person but for a lawless and insubordinate for the ungodly and for sinners for the unholy and profane for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers for manslayers for fornicators for sodomites for kidnappers for liars for perjurers and if there are any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine according to the glorious gospel of the blessed Bless God, which was committed to my trust. I mean, mic drop. Come on. But that's what it does. But people, and, and you need the law to point you to the cross. That's right. You have to, the, you know, it. You know, the, everyone likes to say, and, and this is within the church. Maybe they'll say, "Well, we're not, we're not old covenant. We're not this and that." Okay, great. We we don't have to follow ceremonial laws. We don't have to follow, the, you know, the cultural laws. But the moral law in Exodus chapter twenty holds true, and that moral law Jesus expanded upon in Matthew chapter five, six, and seven. So obviously, it well, is. You think about the Ten Commandments. I mean, God wrote. Yeah, it that's what I'm talking hand. about. And when Jesus came, he then he summarized those ten and two, because <laughs> you can see that if you right. obeyed just those two commandments, Ooh. you would have ended up finding out that you should obey all of those commandments. Well, that, right? well, that's what his, when he said to, when he did that, he did summarize that. But when he but when he did, gave the sermon on the mount, he expounded upon it. Mm -hmm. he even went to he went to the heart. You said that you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you, if you look at a woman in lust, you've committed adultery. Mm -hmm. Now, whoa. Wait a minute. Yeah, did I? Did uh, I, did I I'm, I'm on a supermarket line. I can look at a woman and lust. On, you know, I mean, how many? Your eyes are are are. I'm I'm just saying, your eyes are constantly th thrown in front of your face all the time. We live in a culture that is sexualized, that is secular, and we're to be lights. Yes, we are to be lights, and we need to step up, and we need to repent. Well, let me uh, uh, hit on what Dr. Doja was saying. I. There's a movie called uh, Submergent Church on Amazon 
but it's all about the emerging church, emergent church. And the emergent church basically believes that every time a new culture pops up, that a church should emerge just for them. Right? Oh, it really is what happens. And what happens is, is we're seeing, you know, Jesus, the cross, repentance. Um, it's really turning into this, this one world religion the Bible really talked about. Mm. But it's a great, great one to, to watch because as bad as the bad news is, the good news is that Jesus Christ is not in the grave. And that means that we can, can mm-hmm. in the same way, that, that second Adam redeemed all of us. Amen. And that is the grace of God. It's not by works. It's not any of this stuff. But we do have to talk about the bad news because it's the bad news that makes you realize that if I don't get some help here, right? So you got two guys. They're One guy's, they're both drowning. But one guy asks for help. Another way of looking at it is two guys are drowning. Somebody throws them both a rope, but only one of them takes it. Do <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so you start to realize love can't make you grab the rope. <laughs> love ain't going to make you grab the rope. Love can't make you grab the rope and then pull yourself up. But this is what God says, if we come unto him, right? That's that's us taking the rope and, and grabbing it and pulling it in. And what do we do that? We do that with that first prayer that we pray to God that brings us in to his family and into that new relationship. So as bad as the bad news is, we don't want to forget that it's the good news that we have. But at the same time, this is what I'm going to tell you. Now that you have a relationship with God, and this relationship, you know, the Bible says that every man must work out his salvation with some fear and trembling. But mm-hmm. there is also a process there where you get into a situation where you're in a good relationship with your God and you kind of understand where, where things are at. In other words, you can work out your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And the one of the ways you know you're there is because you are willing to do something that the Bible asks you to do routinely. It says, examine yourself. You have to. To, to, to whether you're not in the faith. Mm-hmm. And so this is... This is what Dr. Dozier is talking about. If we don't, our perception is that sometimes I do something good, therefore I am good, right? You look at all these other things. I mean, there's so many things that our society says that could fill up, I'm good, right? Yeah, they do a lot of good things, right? right. That's like uh, Jesus when he criticized the, the, the religious people in his day, right? That's right. And they were praying in the squares and so forth. And he goes, I'm, I assure you, they got their reward. In other words, they already got the reward. They're, they're being congratulated and so mm-hmm. forth. And at the same time, you know, there, there's Christian songs out there, and some of them talk about, you know, that I'm good. And I'm like, you know, in Jesus Christ, I can sing that song. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have that thorn in the flesh. We have this dual mm-hmm. naturality to ourselves where we still have that, that we have the new heart. We have the new spirit that God gave us, okay? And we can he can renew our minds but it's it's, <laughs> it's that a process flesh. It's, a it's that flesh <laughs> cc that still resides and so we we are going to have these troubles mm-hmm. and struggles and that's why we have to examine ourselves and and healthy people don't get defensive here we we aren't defensive we know who we are in Jesus Christ we know that we still struggle with sin but we also know the good news 
is that God has got this and that I'm going to repent of what I've done wrong. I'm not going to run around and not say I'm sorry when I make mistakes. And I'm going to be okay with talking about things. You can't examine nothing if you aren't even willing to have a conversation. You know, so don't shut down in this podcast. No. Right? Mm -mm. Be willing to examine yourself. We all have to be. And that's where Dr. Dozier is trying to take us today. Yeah. You know, look at your perceptions, okay, and realize you have a deceiver Mm -hmm. that's hot on your trail. Oh, yeah. Now, looking at that, that was that was beautiful. And I, I can just mm-hmm. I can just roll right in. It's like I was holding up a piece of paper. But wait, I wait, wasn't. wait. I didn't see any cue cards I'm up there. I'm telling you, no <laughs> cue cards. I, was, he, I saw him. It was building. <laughs> and he, he hit it. But I was looking at this. And when you think about perception and deception of perception and deception, uh, there's a word that is going out now. And I believe that this word has been, I won't say overused, I will say misused. Mm. And that is the word love. Okay. Uh, And what the world means by love is you, you love what we love. But we read something and it was written by one of Jesus' apostles, by John, when he said, love not the world, neither the things of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And that word love is the same word that you see for God so love the word, agapeo. And that particular word, agapeo, um, agape, the noun, agapeo, the verb, that's love in action. One love is being pleased with God and contented with God. The other one is being pleased with the world and contented with the world. And then it tells us if any man loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. You can't Mm. be contented with the world and have the love of God in you. And now, contented with God. Right. Thank you. And I want to show you something here that Makes is sense. happening when we look at this. Uh, if you cannot, there is something that is happening uh, and it's going to get worse for those who refuse to be deceived by having the same perception right. as the world. Right. Jesus Jesus taught his disciples and and we have it written down in, in, in John's epistle. He wasn't teaching them and they were writing down verses, but we know he has this. And 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 you have the first portion which deals with our relationship with God, uh when he brings that he's uh, he's divine, okay. With the branches John his father 15, his right? father the husbandman. Mm-hmm. And he says abide in him and his word abide in you. Then he deals with our relationship one with another. We to love one another. Okay, what love one another, and then he goes on to deal with our relationship with the world. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not talking about. Well, you just show love, and I'm not saying you show hate, but I'm going to show you where the hate comes from. Mm. Jesus said, "If the world hates you, if the world hates you, then you need to know that the world." hated me before it hated you. And the reason that the world hates you is because you have the love of Jesus in you. That's right. He says, if you were of the world, the world would love you because the world loves his own, but you're not the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. And because you're my servant and you're not greater than me, the same thing is going to apply to you. So now, here is what we're seeing taking place today, and it's going to get worse, and believers need to have themselves geared and prepared. Once again, this is not gloom and doom. 
but this is preparation for pre- for preservation. Oh, that sound good. This Ooh, is not he's, gloom and he's doom. Rhyming now, Gosh, but what's this going on over is here? preparation <laughs> for preservation. Mm-hmm. Not attempting to rhyme, but it came out that way. <laughs> okay, if we are going to be preserved in Christ, we have to prepare ourselves to stand in Christ and stand with the right perception of truth. And that perception of truth is the truth of God's word. And and, and what's happening right now, I, I want to go to the entity behind all of this. Satan is the entity behind all of this evil. And right now, that entity is trying to pressure you, trying to pressure you to withdraw from your trust in God mm-hmm. And line up, yield to him. Whomever you yield your members as instruments to serve, that's whose servant you are. Mm-hmm. And he's using fear. Um, he's using uh, he's using uh, deception. He's using all types of tactics, and we must not be ignorant of his devices. Yep. He's using all types of ta- tactics to get you. Uh, it could even be the loss of a loved one if. Well, if God is God, why did he let my loved one die? I'll remind you to look at Hebrews 9.27. It's appointed unto man once to die. And this is because of the sin of Adam. And if your loved one is in Christ, the truth is uh, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. And if you remain faithful to the end, one day you will see them as we go as the bride. We'll be the bride of Christ, but you'll see you'll see them uh, yet again uh, at the throne I, I believe you'll see them you know there are going to be many 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 there but there's a strong probability you'll see them so this is what we're seeing this is what we're seeing today uh, and I, I believe that a portion of the church whether it was true truly believers or not from the beginning a portion of the church is acquiescing to this of uh, and, and, and falling prey to the wiles of the devil. And you cannot have this mentality everybody else is doing. This is not about mores. This is about the kingdom of God. You can't mm-hmm. have it. Everybody else is doing it, so we might as well do it as well. You have to stand firm. We already know we're going to be in the minority. Right. The road is not wide enough for everybody to go through. Well, it's like we were talking about earlier, Doc. I mean, how... How are you going to experience persecution if you're not standing up for Christ? You know, if you become like the world, and the world's going to love you. You just quoted John 15, Mm -hmm. right? But since you're not of the world, I've chosen you out of the world, that we're going to be persecuted by, by, by the world because we're against the world system. The world in that when John talks about the world, it's the world system we're against, that's against us, not the globe. The globe doesn't have, just like the universe doesn't have intelligence, the globe doesn't have intelligence. But the world system that is against us, led by Satan. Um, and when you read that also, I also thought about Psalm 2, where it says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The king of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. And against his anointed saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast their cords away from us. They don't want anything to do with the Lord. Hmm. So when you're going into a situation um, and you might be in a conversation, you might you may be just 
talking to someone and if someone hears you talking about the Jesus of the gospel they're gonna if they're not a Christian they're going to have objection to that yeah how many times <laughs> it's funny I adjusting the patient just the other day and I adjusted adjusted her and she's like oh Jesus and I, you know because from her response I said oh we'll have some church up in here now you know I mean yeah. come on I mean you've got to use my Lord's name what are we talking about here I'm you saying, know when you say well praise the Lord <laughs> <laughs> that's right no, really kind of shocks that's her. right but you know if you go back to the first deception what was it that w we were God eat this and you could be be like God and so mm -hmm. a Christian is somebody who's examined this proposition Am I God? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> In nope. fact, when we meet Jesus, when we learn about Jesus, we think to ourselves, and again, there's not 100% call on this, but this is something that is historically attributed to Napoleon, <laughs> uh, which did a lot of bad things. Uh, but he said that I know men, and Jesus Christ was not a man. And that is the, the reaction that most of us have when we get to know Jesus. You know, and we think about that and getting to know Jesus as perfect as he is is also makes you look at yourself and you realize that you you are a sinner right and then that's where that repentance comes in and so this repentance and and again that's where the Holy Spirit comes in and God takes away our guilt and our shame mm -hmm. and he actually as as first John 1 9 says it says he helps us he's the one who cleanses us right from so, all unrighteousness exactly so it's not even us that cleans ourselves up so we can because of this look at ourselves honestly and and the other thing that happens is we you can't be somebody who repents and acknowledges your sin but then then turns around to your neighbor and says that's not sin <laughs> you see what I'm saying and so even though we, we do have to call people out uh, that this what's happening in the world is evil you know I mean there's there's no way around it there's no way to really mince words at this point mm -hmm. you know um, it's just crazy that certain people want to parade their sexuality to children and somehow courts can't find this offensive um, these are the kinds of basic you know requirements that most people would have for for some kind of logic and so we have to be able to realize that even though we are sinners we still have to stand for God we have to stand up and say even though I am a sinner this is still wrong this is wrong right well, of course you do yeah that's right and yeah. that's hard for some of us to make that jump right well it's, I think the deception I see what you're getting at there. And I think the deception that, that came into the church and leads to the 11th commandment, thou shalt be nice, right. is that we're afraid. We've been told that thou shalt not judge. And they love quoting that scripture back and saying, but you make judgments every day. That's right. You, you, you make judgments. You're not supposed to be, if you read the verse in context in Matthew chapter uh, 7, you're, you're, you are not to judge hypocritically Jesus said first take the plank out of your own eye before you go to remove the speck from your brother's eye so I think in the church as a body we sit there and we say well we're not going to judge and so forth well first of all we're not judging and we're not you don't go out with a judgeful a judgment heart you go out with the gospel of peace 
and you're 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 preaching the gospel you're preaching jesus and his love and you're once you're a sinner yes but you're and you're one beggar showing another beggar where the food is that's right dr dozier you told me you got to watch that video about a man who was showing up to read scripture you know at, at some type of pride event tell tell us about that video because this is kind mm -hmm. of exactly what we're almost talking about here yeah yeah um this is happened a couple of days ago. I believe it was in a city in uh, a northern state. I don't know if it's Pennsylvania or where, but there was a uh, pride event, and uh, a man showed up. Appears to have had a friend with him, and he had a uh, poster with him. He was confronted by the police, uh, and I couldn't really tell what was being said, but I could hear the man clearly say, listen, I'll, I do what I do and you do what you do. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned the freedom that he has. Right, so, he was preaching God to so them. He, he stood on the sidewalk opposite of where they are. He never walked up mm -hmm. to them. He never confronted them. Mm -hmm. He stood on the sidewalk after the, at first he was on the street and the officer got him back to the sidewalk. And when they started, he began to quote, the officer turned to him, I believe he had sergeant stripes on his arms, and he said, that's it, and he went up to him and he put cuffs on him. Uh, what was he quoting? Uh, I can't remember the verse that he was quoting, but he was, because uh, he, right when he started, he said, that's it, and he turned and mm -hmm. went at him. And uh, uh, he, you know, he had him up against the wall, cuffed him, and I guess a friend was videoing all of it, but the people began to cheer when someone was cuffed for trying to preach the word, those people began to cheer. Yeah. And so the officer walked them around the corner. I believe they realized we, 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 we've got ourselves in a hornet's nest. Mm -hmm. What are you gonna do? You're gonna take him in and say, we arrested him because mm -hmm. uh, he was disturbing the peace. How was he disturbing the peace? He was talking, mm -hmm. uh, but when he got around the corner, the video ends where it appears that the officers are taking the cuffs uh, off of him. But what we're seeing here is that in itself is like a prelude to uh, persecution. Mm -hmm. And we need to be aware of that. Mm. I do want to say this, going back to Dr. Dennis' statement, the church has to stop being apologetic about judging. And I'm not speaking of defending the faith. I'm, speaking of, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, they need to know the Bible's better. And I'm not saying that to offend. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, there's a bad situation, and, and people can read it. I won't give the situation, but it's a bad situation. It's an immoral situation. And as it goes further down, Paul asked a question around verse 12. He says, for what have I to do to judge them also that are without? He's speaking of those who are unbelievers. Mm -hmm. Then he speaks to the church. He says, do we not judge them that are within? but them that are without God judge it. Therefore, put mm -hmm. away from among yourselves that wicked person. Mm -hmm. In other words, when there are sinful acts, the church has the responsibility of examining those things and, and seeing if they are so, and the word tells us how it is done. Okay, two or three witnesses. Okay, you first go to that person, that person alone. If they change, okay, you, okay, again, you say, brother, if they don't, two or three witnesses. So the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. After that, tell it to the church. If they mm -hmm. don't change then, then you regard that person as a heathen and a publican or a sinner. So <clears throat> we see here that if we do not make judgments, then the church will look just like the world. That's right. So no, we're not judging the world, but God has, has we are the kingdom of God and there's no kingdom that does mm -hmm. not have precepts and principles. Mm -hmm. So we do have precepts and principles that we have to go by. Secondly, I keep hearing the word sinner. 
Uh, another thing the church was not be apologetic about. We must stop referring to ourselves as sinners. We're saints. Because a sinner is a person who practices sin. Okay, we can be overtaken in a fault. We can commit a sin. We can be overtaken in a fault. But once mm -hmm. we're born again, we are made new. Mm -hmm. We now become the saints of God, those who've been sanctified, those who've been cleansed. Amen. Paul said, Amen. such were some of you, but you have been washed. You have been uh, justified. You have been sanctified. Mm -hmm. So we are now the children of God. We are the saints of God. God mm -hmm. has done a work in us, uh, and we are constantly renewing our minds. And as Dr. Kevin said earlier, we are working out our fashioning this life that we have with reverence to God. So let's remember that because if we if we look at us if we keep we we can look at that we do have the potential to do it if we allow ourselves to be deceived right if we wander off the path but let's look at ourselves as who we are supposed to be let's be mindful of that and I believe we'll walk like that I I remember telling my grandson who used to act up a bit in school and I told him uh, when he was in middle school and I told him I said. If you ever make an A, you would not want to make a lower grade again. I said, <laughs> if you ever make an A, he finally took me up on it. And he said, Granddaddy, I see. And he graduated, I believe, with a 4.0 GPA. Wow. That's, a true, that's a true story. But he was a kid that acted up in school all the time. I had to go out to the school, and, and a pastor <laughs> friend went with me because the, the teachers, they didn't want him at the school anymore. And this and that and the other, we got him. And I had an assistant principal work with me and got him to stand school. He ended up being homecoming king. He always thinks so it was just beautiful. Mm. Wow. So we need to know who we are. We need to know who we are in Christ. If we know who we are in Christ, then I do believe that we will continue that path in Christ. Mm. Well, and you have to remember it, it was our sin that, that led us to Jesus, right? It's when we knew that he was better. This, well, this was when we, call, yeah, right, right, but, okay, I agree with that, but we acknowledged it. We're living in a culture now that does not acknowledge it. That's right. So we're living, so we're talking about like a cultural war that we're in and the battle that we are in. They, we, they are celebrating disgusting sins, okay, yes. so we're in Pride Month. Yeah. Pride Month. I well, mean, pride, so we're doing a month for this? Yeah. Do we have a Christian month? Do we have a month that celebrates no. heterosexuality? No. Do we have a month that celebrates marriage? No. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, you're right. Our, the, we're driven to the cross once we understand that we are violating God's moral laws. That's right. And sometimes if we don't preach sin mm -hmm. we're denying those people the same option how are they going to know if they're a sinner you exactly and the bottom line is is that remember their lifestyle is going to have consequences okay your finances if they're ungodly you're going to have consequences mm -hmm. right it is this is the way all sin is sin has death Mm -hmm. That is the consequence. That's it will point. cause your sexuality to die. We mm -hmm. can see that. We talked about in those episodes. And by mm -hmm. the way, last year we had one of our best episodes uh, with uh, Mark Cull Pastor Mark Culligan talking about how there is victory in Jesus over every single um, you know, type of problem that we have. And of course, Amen. he is really helping people to come out of the gay lifestyle and the alternative mm -hmm. lifestyle there. Mm -hmm. But you go back to that emergent church idea. Mm-hmm. We need a church that's what? Culturally relevant. No, no we no, don't. No, we don't. Christianity need consumes all cultures. 
Christianity mm-hmm. is not a culture. Okay, it is relationship with God. And if you want to have your church look one way or in another church, you can have all. There's so much freedom in Christ that we have. You know, to have all kinds of different things. But there's also central things that we have to have, and sin is is one of those things that we have to talk about. And if we aren't willing to talk about it, we're not willing to examine ourselves. And if you won't even examine yourself, how can you be a Christian at all? You shouldn't be threatened to examine yourself. He he encourages examine yourself to whether you are in the faith. And that's why... How do you examine yourself? Well, exactly what you're just saying there, that you look at this situation. For me, it's several things. You go back to... The Ten Commandments, right? You go back to all these laws. You, you, we've already read passages. Well, we passages. go to the Word of God. Exactly. We go to the Word of God. You've read some of these passages, mm-hmm. and some of those things, like you go, you know, I mean, the reality is, we all know um, when we read some of those passages just today. Mm-hmm. You think to yourself, uh, okay, first one, pride. Okay, this is Pride Month. Mm-hmm. But if I had pride. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Can right. I interject? I have to interject. I have to interject. <laughs> get in there, Doc. Get in there. You know, we got we're bouncing off each other now. I was looking at this thing, uh, and uh, I was looking at uh, this thing, and I'm like, oh my goodness! They don't realize it, but Satan. Let's say it. Satan has deceived them, and they're using a word that brings about destruction from God. Mm. Gay pride, Pride Month. Mm. Proverbs sixteen eighteen says that pride goeth before, the fall. before destruction, and and that word pride speaks of uh, arrogancy and exaltation. You're exalting something that's not like God. You're exalting it, and it tells us that this goes before destruction, before there's hurt, before there's crushing, before there's shattering, and a haughty spirit before fall. And so a name has been taken that has judgment within itself mm-hmm. and that is something that is something that really really should be considered but when there's blindness uh you don't see it one word mm-hmm. that i do not like to use is I, I i really don't i don't like to use the word of i'm i'm so proud of you i and it might be a good way you can use it i don't know but for me that's right. a word that just does not fit my my my, my cab if mm-hmm. it's something that's happening for somebody uh, uh that's in christ and it's something that's good i like so i thank god for it for this. right I, I really right. do and i'm just being honest i'm not just saying this because we're on the air uh people who hear me can tell you and you know you have people trying to fix it so they came up mm-hmm. with a new type i'm so godly proud what is godly proud <laughs> so, so, so it's, it's just it's just not a word that i like using because i don't that's ever so see true. it used biblically mm-hmm in a good context yeah yeah well, there's man. no doubt and when kev when you were talking about the emerging church thing and so forth what i'm thinking well two things came to mind one was the verse from matthew 24 matthew 24 23 it says then if anyone says to you look <laughs> here is the christ or there do not believe it for false christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders and deceive if possible even the elect all right, I just think about that, but I want to, what define church for me? What is the def, what is the church? And Doctor D, you're not allowed to answer this because you be, you better you'll have the right answer. What is the church for? Why do we gather? Well, I mean, there's there's so many purposes to me, but you know, obviously the first one 
is to glorify God, right? Right. But the way we do that is through a relationship. And part of our relationship with God, it's it's simple. I really believe, you know, when, when the Bible says that every knee shall bow, every, every tongue, tongue shall will confess, confess, I don't believe they do this in a coerced manner at all. I think the reality is is that when we see God and we see the, mm. what's what's the true reality, we will have a knee-jerk reaction, <laughs> no, an overwhelming reaction, <laughs> and think about the greatest thing that you've ever seen or heard, mm-hmm. somebody winning the lottery. What Somebody wins the lottery, they're going to jump up and down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is a knee-jerk reaction, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, take that times infinity, and that's mm-hmm. what it's going to be like when we come into the presence of God, because mm-hmm. he's just that good. And that's the thing that I wrap my head around. And mm-hmm. that's why when we're in a relationship with God and we get together with believers, mm-hmm. you feel it, his presence there, mm-hmm. and you can see that they know he's there. Yes. Yeah. And, and so this is his bride. This is his, his body. This is his family, mm-hmm. you know, this divine family right. that we're born into. And there's a lot of purposes within a family, but those are the bigger, bigger purposes that, that we see happening. You know? Right. And I, would, I guess the point I was trying to bring forward was because you were talking about the church trying to be relevant to society. But the church, that is not the function of the church. Exactly. The function of the church is the gathering of the saints That's right. to worship the Lord and for the equipping of the saints. Yep. For us to be equipped by our leadership, what you were talking about earlier, and we're to be equipped so we can go out and spread the gospel. You haven't seen that over the last 30 years no we really haven't you know so and 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 i think that's really what we need to get back to going further on the church everything that's said is beautiful and correct uh, and then you mentioned evangelizing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at at the church I, i'll just be technical if i can uh this word derived from a, a compound word where it is used here, ek out and kaleo called. So we look at that out call, we just mm-hmm. verse English called out. And mm-hmm. and so we say called out once, ecclesia, called out once. Uh, what are we called out of? We're called out of the world. Now, this would happen with the Greeks where people would be called out uh, to represent their country. They mm-hmm. would be called out and they were known as the ecclesia. They mm-hmm. represent the country. And so Jesus said, upon this rock will I build my, mu. I'm going to build my own church. Right. You know, he didn't speak Greek language, but it's written there. He's going to build his own church. So we are his representatives mm-hmm. in the earth. And as representatives, we have ambassadors. Ambassadors, mm-hmm. what do they do? They go and they speak what we can say we have a king in in jesus Mm. you go and speak what the king says so when Mm -hmm. we go we go in the name of jesus and so what we do is we spread his kingdom we represent him and so we represent him as salt we represent him as light Mm -hmm. so in the church as we build up we we build up as you mentioned gave some for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry in the world, we represent him as the light that has come into the world. Yeah. And that is the perception that we have to have. If we think that we need to, as Dr. Cruz was saying, emerge into something else to be relevant with where things are going, then we are not 
representing the king of the kingdom of God. It's true. It's true. We're immediately in, in contradiction because, you know, God is our father and he doesn't change. God doesn't change because if he did, he'd be less than perfect. He mm -hmm. is perfect. He is holy. If he changed anything, it would be less than that. And so that's what you have to understand. And that's what we are bringing to the world. And it is a love. And, and so this is probably, I know you were talking about if somebody loves the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, versus love, the love of God. And we have this contradiction. We all have this. But you use the word content. I think mm -hmm. that was, uh, what passage were you talking about? That was First uh, John, the second chapter. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to ask you the question if you're willing to examine yourself mm -hmm. okay then you also have to be willing to ask yourself what makes me content am i content with god am i content with his word with his scripture am i content is this where i, I draw my source of strength my courage and my my peace you know jesus said that i came to give you more abundance life but he also said a peace that passes understanding and that's worldly understanding we're talking about here. And that is something that happens as, as you become a Christian. But you really think, to me, as you go through this equation and examining yourself, the conclusion you come to as a Christian, and again, this is why as we get older, as we, we grow in our faith, we come to the same conclusion that John the Baptist had. And that was that he meaning jesus must increase and i must decrease and so even though i am not a sinner because of what jesus did because i've accepted that in my life mm -hmm. i still do go on sinning and i it is hard to explain to people why that's the case but it is also what can lead them to god all it takes if somebody is drowning right is is for somebody to say help that word help <clears throat> changes mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. the word i am so sorry changes everything absolutely people talk about how you put words out in the world and you can never take them back mm -hmm. not with jesus Come jesus on. says i am the god of the universe i mm -hmm. am in control of everything mm -hmm. i am the author the finisher i am everything yeah, and he says i will take your sins and i will throw them as far as from east as to west and that's infinite right yeah. so you start to realize that's why we serve a good god our sin yeah it's the bad news but the good news is why we preach god is so good and god is waiting to take all of us wherever we are he mm -hmm. loved us before we ever became any potential at all because he sees us as his children you know and that's a, a perception and if we don't dig in to the word you know and dig into our relationship with god mm -hmm. we are setting ourselves up for why all these deceptions are happening and you know dr dozier and i we got a chance to go to the assault on our dna conference got to be sponsors of that and we're really asking ourselves, how do we get Christians to be aware of, of the assaults on our faith? That they really are trying to put us in a, oh, yeah. a digital prison here. Mm -hmm. And we're all struggling with how to get this word out. How do we alarm the saints 
and help them to prepare not for another necessarily political solution but a biblical solution okay a spiritual solution well how do we prepare the saints to in, for endurance that's it you and, know and i think that's what you're seeing coming out and so if you don't get your contentment mm. okay from god and his holy spirit mm-hmm. that is how we get through the difficult you know times that that we find ourselves in that is how we can establish that perspective and to know that god is still in control and this is why even talking about sin is never gloom and doom it's just not and we have to change that perspective so that we can talk about things if i was to say one thing that's wrong with the church that could start the whole thing uh back on the right track it's being able to examine itself Yes. You can't ask no questions in a church because they don't talk about nothing. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. There's no open dialogue, right, with, with everything and everyone there. And you start to see how, you know, this whole thing has become something that has only parts. It doesn't embrace the whole. You know? Right, right. Yeah, you, we should have those discussions, I mean, uh, as and, a body. And, and, and that's how you can tell something's wrong. Mm-hmm. We can't examine anything, you know? When as you talk about contentment, <clears throat> I, I always think of Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> Paul, verse 10, he says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Amen. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For all pastors and uh, church leaders who teach in your churches on your perhaps Wednesday night, Tuesday night, whatever it may be, whatever studies you have, I would like to challenge you to have some uh, question-answer teachings. We're, we're good. We're excellent at preparing uh, a teaching, and that's great. But I would like to challenge you to have an opening, uh, open and a question uh, and answer where the people can ask questions biblical questions and you answer them not where you put a list out and say you asked from this question or you asked from that question but they're able uh, to ask questions freely Uh, for one you can really examine yourself and ask yourself am I ready to do such a thing if you're pastoring you should be able ready and able to do this I do this occasionally Uh, And you'll find that people will have some important questions and you have to be ready to give them an answer. So I'd like to challenge you to do that, even as Dr. Cruz mentioned about not having these things. Have this in your ministry. You know, and it's so true because you cannot be a disciple. Disciple really means student. And, you, you know, the bottom line is even if somebody you know has a question I've had many times where I was asked a question during some seminar or whatever um, 
and I will usually have a little something to say, but the reality is sometimes I say, this is a good reason for you to come back next week. <laughs> because I'll, I guarantee I'll have a little more time to research this. A little teaser. A little teaser. That's a great segue for the new show. I'm so glad you brought that up. And that's exactly where I was going next week. <laughs> and that's a lie. I wouldn't do that. And it wasn't where I was going. But, you know, the other thing is, is that when we think about perception, deception, we are doing a lot of the deceiving with our lips. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so it can't can't help but think about, you know, Matthew fifteen eight here. It says these people honor me with their lips, mm. but their hearts are far from me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I absolutely believe we need to honor God with our lips. We need to sing His praises, but but not that doesn't necessarily mean um, we really have the heart. And again, this heart is where you're content. If you're really content with your father, if you're really content with his kingdom, you're going to be an ambassador for that kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then that means that we can, we have to stand up to what is happening. And standing up, you know, as I like to tell people, standing up to a bully, okay, to a narcissist is the best thing you can do because what are they, what are they trying to tell you? They're trying to tell you that they're God. <laughs> Right, and putting them in their place, and the same thing. We have a government that thinks it's God, and the best thing we can do is to stand up to them and say, "No, we already have a God, mm. and we can't go along with this." That's and true. this is this is how we show the world, like Doctor Dozier said, that there's something different about the God that we serve. We do talk about things. We do have problems. There is such a thing as sin in the world, but there's also a solution for that. Right, yeah, and that's about. that's the good news that we have as Christ. Mm-hmm. And there is no no, as we were talking about heaven earlier, there is no pain, there is no suffering. You know, all the tears are going to be wiped away. This is what's going to happen. This is the capabilities that God has. So don't fall for these deceptions. And the best thing you can do is to to, to ask yourself, who do you love? Who 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 makes you content? There's a song that talks, who do you run to when it all falls down? Right. This is mm. this has got to be God in your life. And uh, there are no, what do they say? There are no um, atheists in the foxholes. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, right. when something bad happens, who do you run to? It's so true. God bless each one of you guys. And uh, thanks to uh, Dr. Dozier and Dr. Dennis for, uh, we got the two Dr. D's here. There's and a lot of smoke coming off these heads this morning. That's right. That's <laughs> why we can't have hair. None of us have hair. Because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the rising a smoldering. Uh, Dennis has a little bit. <laughs> Not much. He's got a little bit. <laughs> All right. God bless each one of you. And uh, next week we'll be switching to a new topic.